I know you're not supposed to dance in church, you know, but we're going to do the Promised Land Shuffle. At the end of, at the end of each verse, we're going to sing uh, hymn number 54 in the black hymnal, all three verses. And at the end of each verse, take a little shuffle to the left. Make a little room for anybody else that's coming in late, okay? Baptist Church, I would like to welcome you to our services today. I'm so glad to see each and every one of you. If we haven't had a chance to meet, uh, my name is Michael Reese. I'm the pastor here. I've uh, been privileged to be here for the past eight years. And if you picked up a history booklet on the way in, it's got a list of every single pastor that uh, has ever pastored here. It was neat going back through the records. As a matter of fact, that there's a sheet inside of that booklet that shows the example of the handwriting uh, that we kind of went through, the uh, booklet uh, in history committee. And I'm going to kind of go some thank yous here. Just thank you for joining us today. There's still some room in the back. I know people will still be coming in uh, for a little while. Room in the back, room along these chairs. Uh, of course, we have the front row Baptist up here, so plenty of room up here. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, just want to say uh, thanks to all the planning. We started this back in January, planning for this day. All the planning, the cooking, the creating, the decorating, uh, the committee. Uh, there was a lot of teamwork and uh, the different ones. We had uh, the secretary, Miss Dina Foster, sending out uh, letters and announcements and advertisement. Uh, Brother Norman Higginbotham, Barbara Jones, and Dina Foster also uh, planning the different groups uh, that are singing. Uh, 
just uh, on the booklets that you have, a lot of hard work uh, from Miss Joanne Sullivan, Harriet Irwin, Denise Melanson, and Trey Emery. I thank them for that. Uh, different ones working in with the food, cooking. Uh, there's too many to name. Uh, I noticed this morning uh, Miss Marie and uh, Miss Ann and Steve Brooks, and they were just back there just getting after it. We had so many people that were working, I know, behind them just doing so much. Uh, just in uh, uh, decorating, Miss Barbara Wilcox and Jimmy Wilcox and Harriet Irwin, uh, Miss Phyllis Hill for getting all the volunteers for the greeting and uh, the people helping with the parking, uh, the, uh, having a place to park. Just thank them for that. Uh, Brother Kenneth Lovett and all his hard work, Brother Jeff Foster and uh, Daniel Foster back there right now. And they don't like to be seen. They're hiding in the in their explicit corner back there. And uh, appreciate a lot of repairs that went on, a lot of different things. Uh, the church voted just to uh, make a... I mean, we're only doing this every 150 years, so 150 years in the making. You know, in thinking about that, I invite you just to, uh, of course, be sure and silence or uh, disable your cell phones, but get them out. Take lots of pictures today. This won't occur again in... <laughs> Uh, I don't know when, but uh, this group will never be together again, this group right here. And there's a lot of people that have already gone on. And, uh, you know, think about how many, how many businesses in Hamburg and Ashley County have come and gone in the last 150 years. Yet we're still here in the gospel business, and that is preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll hear that a little bit later on. All right. Now's the time to get started with the rest of the singing. Great to see you here. Make this a memorable day. She went to sleep one night, never here to awake again. But everything was all right between her and him. So she awoke in heaven's courtyard, free from pain within. The angels gathered round her. They took her by the hand, serenaded by angels, up to the throne, serenaded by angels, finally at home, surrounded by praises. City of brilliant light 
waiting for me. But my mind cannot conceive, so I'll continue to grieve till I'm transported there. Then I will be serenaded by angels up to the throne. Serenaded by angels, finally at home. Surrounded by praises. Serenaded by angels up to the throne. Serenaded by angels, finally at home. Surrounded by praises to.
inside me.
they got older and they got reading glasses. <laughs> Enduring 
some of you know that the job that I have now for the last four, five, six years has required me to work all over America and sometimes as many four or five different cities in a year's time. And one of the first things that I do is I always go and look for a church to attend when I'm off. And one of the things I look for is good singing, good preaching, good teaching, and love. And I always try to compare it, try to compare it to promised land. Nothing compares, I tell you. If you're here today and your roots come back here to promised land, you can say, thank you, Lord, because you have been in one of the greatest churches that ever has. The influence that she had is worldwide, has is worldwide. And we can sit here this morning together and say for 150 years she's been alive and well. This is truly a blessing, and we are blessed. My daddy wrote a song a few years ago, and uh, it makes a statement that we hope each and every one of you can make this morning. Sometimes we grow weary with the toils of this life. This old world is filled with troubles and strife. But Jesus is coming to take us away to live in a mansion some happy day. I'm going to heaven when this life is over. I'll be living with Jesus on a beautiful shore. I'll sing with the angels forevermore. I'm going to heaven when this life is My friends, are you living for Jesus on high? Or will you be left when He comes in the skies? There'll be nothing but sorrows for those left below. Are you going to when this life is over, I'm going to heaven. When this life is over, I'll be living with Jesus on a beautiful shore. I'll sing with the angels forever. I'm going to heaven when this life is known. You know, there's a lot of unrest in the world today. Uh, the Social Security's broke, trillions of dollars in debt. 
billions of dollars in debt to China, uh, Obama trying to take our guns, and at the same time building more abortion clinics where the lives of innocent young children are lost. Uh, civil unrest, yes, but there's coming a day when there will be peace in the valley. Well, I'm so tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me away. Oh, yes, where the morning is bright and the lamp is alive and the night, the night is as fair Get your hymn book now and turn to hymn number 92. We're going to stand and sing all three verses.
I thank you again for being here. Uh, we have many prayer requests and just uh, continue to lift those up, especially Miss Francis. She really wanted to be here today. We are videoing it. Thank you, Brother Kenneth, for running and grabbing a camera to video this and just appreciate each and every one. And I know many have uh, those that are on their heart, and I know the Lord knows each of these. I'm looking forward to the... Uh, have you enjoyed all the singing thus far? Say amen. amen. It's been great. Wait till you hear the choir special. And I'm li looking forward to hearing the offertory special in just a second. I want to ask as we uh, take, take up this offering, after this word of prayer, you may be seated while the offering is uh, taking place. And enjoy the uh, offertory special. I want to ask Brother Neil Wood if you'd lead us in prayer, please.
my lovely wife to help me out. And I would like to honor all the former pastors, or we would like to honor all the former pastors here at Promised Land and the wives. Uh, and I'm, we had several RSVPs trying to get, we tried to get in touch with everyone. There's, uh, of course, just a limited list of those that are uh, still living. Many have gone on to be with the Lord. And so I'm going to ask at this time if uh, uh, Brother John and Cheryl Mooney, if you'd make your way up to the front right here. Also, Brother Kenny and Renita and the kids, they would make their way up to the front up here. All right. I'm going to ask the Williamses if y'all would stand over here. And Brother John and Miss Cheryl. Oh, we have some kids? All right. Bring the kids. That's why I just said kids. I'm going to try to get them all. Get everybody. That is awesome. Carl McDaniel, where's he at? Just all right. Look at all these kids. Well, we would like to honor y'all and thank you for your service here at uh, Promised Land for pastoring and uh, just want to i tell you what, just thinking back of all the years and the faithful servants and the love that's been shown uh, both by these pastors, and we have some more that we'll honor in just a second, and uh, just want just a small token of our appreciation. So God bless y'all. You and Miss Marlene did a wonderful job earlier. That was very powerful. All the specials have been great. And uh, I, I had the opportunity to follow uh, Brother Kenny in his ministry. And I thank him for his leadership and uh, thank him for his family. Matter of fact, I came to visit them while they were still living in the parsonage and uh, thinking that, well, maybe God has a place for me here. And lo and behold, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> Brother Kenny, God bless y'all. Thank you for being here and for serving Promised Land. There y'all go. All right. Is Sister Brown here today? She was planning on having Sister... All right. Mrs... Curtis Brown, she did she make it? Okay, she didn't. All right, I'm going to ask who we have. Miss Alice Sperlin. I know she's here. And uh, if she would ease up here, where's she at? There she is. <coughs> to hunt. There's a good crowd here today. Kids and the grandkids to ease on this way. Y'all come on for a picture. Our illustrious speaker included. A matter of fact, there is a special tribute uh, to Brother Sperlin in uh, in uh, the booklet in the history booklet, 
And of course, uh, so many years ago, there's a uh, matter of fact, the Spurlins were here twice. If you'll notice your list, they were here four years and eight years. And uh, the, everybody at Promised Land loved them so much, they called them back. And uh, so that's a, Miss Alice, a small token of appreciation for y'all's years of service in this wonderful family that you're responsible for. And so many great memories. That is great. Y'all give them a hand. going to double check and make sure any members of the Crane family are not here. Just trying to recognize different ones. Okay. They, of course, Brother Crane was here back and noticed the list. He, matter of fact, performed the wedding ceremony for uh, Brother Norman, Miss Merlin, and uh, that was over 50 years ago. Also, uh, another former pastor that's living, the Aldermans. <laughs> They made some sort of remark about that. And uh, so the Aldermans were on a mission trip, and uh, he was the predecessor of Brother Kenny. And uh, so just remember each of these. Thank you for your service. And I'd like to take this time right now to go ahead and introduce our speaker. We'll get right back into the uh, uh, singing. And just again, thank you for being here. Uh, I consider him uh, my son in the ministry. And that's Brother Trey Emery, our speaker, in just a little while after the next set of specials. And he uh, knows beyond a shadow of a doubt how much I love him and appreciate him. He is my associate pastor. He grew up here at Promised Land and, of course, has the, uh, the love and admiration of everybody here. Uh, many of you, of course, were maybe here part of Promised Land before. Uh, he came along, and let's see, I think, was you born in 1989? Is that right? Yeah, I remember, I remember that because that's when I was married. And uh, so just uh, remember that key year in his life. He just celebrated a double bachelor from Central Arkansas Baptist Bible Institute, a bachelor in theology and Bible languages. And so I'm proud of him and his accomplishment. Folks, all of this is about Jesus. It's all about him. Lifting up the name of Jesus, that's what this church has been about. We have a lot of great talent, a lot of great singers, and a lot of great cooks. And, uh, but it's all about him. Think about this. As much as we desire to see our loved ones, whenever we go to glory, if you know Jesus as your Savior... To see Jesus is what it's all going to be about, to see Him. And so we'll get rolling with the specials, and after that uh, last special, which will just knock your socks off if you're wearing any, um, Brother Trey, you come preach after that last special.
when you pray and tears of joy fall from your eyes. And age to age and heart to heart, bound by grace and peace, child of wonder, child of Children leave their Sunday schools with smiles. Remember me when they're old enough to teach, old enough to preach, old enough to lead, and age to age and heart to heart. Child of wonder, child of God, I remember you. Remember me. Remember.
Michael, before I sing, I just got three words I want to say. If uh... Jesus, come on. <laughs> Walking on the road to Jerusalem, the time had come to sacrifice again. My two small sons, they walk beside me on the road. The reason that they came was to watch the land. Daddy, daddy, what will we see there? There's so much that we don't understand. So I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. Then I said, dear children, watch the land. For there will be so many in Jerusalem today. We must be sure the Lamb doesn't run away. And I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. Then I said, dear children, watch the Lamb. And when we reached the city, I knew something must be wrong. There were no joyful worshipers, no joyful worship songs. I stood there with my children in the midst of angry men. Then I heard the crowd cry out, Crucify Him! city, but we could not get away, forced to play in this drama, a part I did not wish to play, why upon this day were men condemned to die, why were we standing here where soon they would pass by? I looked and said, even now they come. The first one cried for mercy. The people gave him none. The second one was violent. He was arrogant and loud. I still can hear his angry voice. Screaming at the crowd. Then someone said, There's Jesus. I scarce believe my eyes. A man so badly beaten, he barely looked alive. Blood poured from his body, from the thorns upon his brow. 
running down the cross, falling to the ground. I watched him as he struggled. I watched him as he fell. The cross came down upon his back. The crowd began to yell. In that moment, I felt such agony. In that moment, I felt such loss. Until a Roman soldier grabbed my arm and screamed, "You carry his cross." At first, I tried to resist him. But his hand reached for his sword, and so I knelt and took the cross from my Lord. I placed it on my shoulder and started down the street. The blood that he'd been shedding was running down my cheek. They led us. To Golgotha, they drove nails deep in his feet and hands. And yet upon the cross, I heard him pray, "Father, forgive them. Oh, never have I seen such love in any other eyes. Into Thy hands I commit my spirit." He prayed, and then he died. I stood for what seemed like years. I'd lost all sense of time until I felt two tiny hands holding tight to mine. My children stood there weeping. I heard the oldest say, "Father, please forgive us." The lamb ran away. Daddy, daddy, what have we seen here? There's so much that we don't understand. So I took them in my arms. We turned and faced the cross. Then I said, "Dear children, watch the light." go ahead and say this because I was one of the planners. I'm not going to apologize for the length of this program. I mean, which one are you going to cut out? You know?
I'm not. No, the next one you might want to, but but uh, no, I'm not. I I have been thrilled. This homecoming service has been everything I ever dreamed it could be. And y'all hadn't heard the best part yet. That's not me, the choir I'm talking about. Okay. No more traffic in the streets All the builders' twos are silent As Start it over, please mm. Still on Watch the Lamb <clears throat> The marketplace is empty no more traffic in the streets. All the builders' twos are silent. No more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labors in the courtroom. No debate. Work on earth is all suspended. As the king comes through the gate, all the railroad cars are empty. As they rattle down the tracks in the newsroom, no one watches as machines type pointless facts. All the planes veer off their courses no one sits at the controls for the king of all the ages comes to claim eternal souls Regal robes are now 
Jesus 
was crucified. Here has he blessed them. Oh, and had he them. Yet Jesus loved them as he suffered. If you're hungry, say amen. amen. All right. <laughs> Several have asked me this morning, Trey, are you nervous? If cold hands and shaking feet are nervous, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. But I'll tell you the reason I'm nervous. It's not because the choir is sitting behind me. It's because I have the privilege an honor and responsibility to share with you what has made this church stand for 150 years. 
Now tell me that ain't something to be nervous about. <laughs> this morning we're going to talk on remember the faith. And as mom asked the question a while ago, if you've ever been saved to promised land, raise your hand. It, it kind of turned into my mind that so many were saved here at promised land. And I, I wish we had the numbers and all that, but to be honest, I can't add that high. And we, uh, we, we could go on and we could do numbers and we could do that, but the, the fact of the matter is we've all seen great faith come from this church. And we're going to talk about that faith this morning and in relation to 2 Timothy 1. And this... Uh, this let me let me preface this by saying this is not your typical homecoming message. But what'd you expect from me? I'm not the typical anyway. Uh, but as we start this morning, we're going to look at Second Timothy, chapter one, and we're going to read two verses of scripture. And if you would, could we reverence God's word by standing as we read this? Verses 13 and 14, it says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you. For the many years of service this church has, has performed in the community. Thank you for all the ones here that, that come back today just to remember those roots that they came from. Remember that faith that came before them. Dear Lord, just help us as we remember that today. And remember that we are to leave our faith as a demonstration of your glory and your honor on this earth. Dear Lord, just forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now we're going to jump back from those few verses we just read in 1 Timothy and read verses 1 through 5. I want to build up to those verses there and I want us to see the context in which this comes out of. So, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of the tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it in thee also. First, we look at this and we see Timothy's family. We see that this unfeigned faith came from, from his, his mother, from his grandmother, and it was something passed down. And I like to think about this unfeigned faith, and if you 
kind of have trouble like me with the word unfeigned. It means real. It means genuine. It means true. That faith passed down. And I look back through this church and I, I see that, man, faith came. It was passed down. From mom, from dad, from grandpa, and, and that was awesome. But then Paul says something to Timothy at verse number two. He says, Timothy, my son in the faith. You see, it wasn't just our parents, our family, but we had people, Sunday school teachers, we had people in this church that influenced our life and influenced our faith. And, and Paul, he taught Timothy a lot about faith. He taught Timothy especially a lot about the Christian walk. And we can read through those books that Paul wrote to Timothy and see that. But these are Timothy's roots. And Paul grabs hold of them as we enter this chapter. He grabs hold of them and he says, this is, this is where you came from. This faith that was in your grandmother and your mother, it, I believe it's in you. And if you're here at this homecoming, I believe that you've got roots here. Maybe, it, maybe you were never a member here, but maybe your parents, maybe your grandparents. And their faith affected you. The way you were raised, the, the moral environment in which your family had. I believe that you all have some kind of roots. Maybe you married into it or something, but you saw that faith that came from Promised Land Church. Roots are where we started. They molded us. They make us who we are today. This church has some amazing roots. And if I was sit here and I was to brag on all the people of faith that I could even think of in this church, we'd be here way past noon. But I'm not going to do that. What I want to do this morning is I want to share a story with you that most of you don't know because we weren't there. See, this was in the 1800s. And and let me... Take a side note, I feel honored to be on the history committee or, or whatever we were called, Miss Joanne. I, I feel honored, but let me, let me tell you something. Miss Denise, Miss Harriet, and Miss Joanne, they did all that work. They brought me in because I write sloppy and I can read sloppy handwriting. That's the only reason I was on that. Uh, that's, that's it. But anyway, this story is one I read about... The founding pastor here, uh, Hogan Allen, uh, if you look at your sheet, he was the very first one we had. Hogan Allen was, to me, the root. The root from which a lot of us stem from. He was the one that uh, shared his faith day in and day out with this congregation and, and, and built, uh, started building this church. But Hogan Allen, when he uh, was not pastoring at Promised Land, he was still a member here. And, and, and if you have your page, you can turn to page three and kind of pick up on this story. But I'm going to pull a Paul Harvey and tell you the rest of the story this morning. And right at the bottom of the page, you can see Elder George D. Moore was called as pastor August 1887 and served until December 1889. And then there's a little side note below that. Probably not one of our brightest moments as a church. But Moore did not remain pastor due to the church owing him $78.65. 
and did not return until he was fully paid. (laughs) Now, listen, let me tell you the brighter story to this, the rest of it. See, more was pastored. The church did owe him money and seventy eight dollars back then was way more than it was today. Okay, so they owed him a lot of money. But Hogan Allen, in the business meeting, after Moore left, he got up and he said, We will not call another pastor until we pay him in full. You see, this may not be significant to you, but this is why it's significant to me. It's because we can look at Scripture and see that this man was not only preaching here at Promised Land when it started. But he was living out what he believed. Romans thirteen seven through 8 It says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything. But to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Leviticus 19.13 pretty much says the same thing. Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. See, this was what Hogan Allen believed was right. And he stood up for what was right. That's what our world needs today. We need to remember the faith that came before us and live it out in our lives. You see, see, this is just one example. And we could talk about many examples of faith that's come through this church. But let's move on in the Scripture. And Paul gives us reason for remembering. In verses 6 and 7, it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, many of us today, including many Christians in this world, need to stir up the gift. That's inside of us. You see, we have the amazing gift, the amazing gift of salvation. And we are called joint heirs with Christ. We are called more than conquerors. But yet we neglect to live like it. Sometimes it seems as that most Christians live in the pit of despair. We need to stir up the gift within us. You see, Paul says... He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love. See, we need to remember the power that God's given us. The power over death. The power and strength to do His will daily. We need to stir up love. You know what the Scripture says? Perfect love casteth out fear. We need to stir up the love within us. Love is the evidence of God. If we were to go all the way back to Christ and look at Him forming the first church on the seashores of Galilee, 
You know what's the one thing we would have saw? Love. We need to stir that gift up. We need to make it evident in our church. We need to have a sound mind. You see, when we look through truth, we see things clear. God has given us a book full of truth. We need to heed to its advice. We need to live by it. But not only did he, uh, Paul put Timothy in remembrance of the faith that was before him to stir up the gift. He also put him in remembrance so that he could know his qualifications. Paul said, I put my hands on you. And we see this today. We see it just like the ordination service. And some of you are saying, okay, well, I'm out. I'm opting out. This isn't about me. This is just about preachers and deacons. No. If you can remember the faith that was in this church, it's your job to keep it. Paul said to Timothy, you're qualified. You're approved for the task I've got before you. The task that God wants you to do. You're qualified. Many here today say, I wish I had the faith of men and women uh, that, that started this church, that I've seen through this church. I wish I could spread the gospel message like you fill in the blank. What are we waiting on? The faith those men and women had even in the earliest church is still available to us today. Twelve men changed the world around 2,000 years ago. They didn't have a cell phone. They didn't have internet. They didn't have an airplane. They didn't even have a car. What are we waiting on? They did it with one message. They did it with the gospel. And most of the time we think we aren't qualified to spread the gospel because we're ashamed of the gospel. You see, we act like middle school children who's... who's remember in middle school, everything we were ashamed of? Uh, mom, mom gets out of the car, she hugs us, and we're like, oh, everybody's going to look at me. Ah, mom, don't do that. That's how we look at the gospel. When I live it out, whenever I, I, I shout it out, whenever I tell it forth, people are going to look at me funny, so I just avoid it. Stop being in middle school. Come on, we're grown-ups. We're, we're people of faith. We need to share the gospel. The last reason that Paul gives us for remembering is so that we won't be ashamed of the gospel. What does he say? Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
It is by hearing the gospel and accepting the gospel message that you were saved. Why in the world would we be ashamed of that message? You have been brought from death to life. You were captive by sin and now you are set free. We can do all the acts of kindness that we want to. But people won't be saved until they hear the gospel. You see, we don't, need, we don't only need to remember the faith we came from. We don't only need to know the reasons for remembering that faith. But we need to be able to leave something to remember. I'm going to take a side note. Because as I was reviewing my sermon last night, it kind of hit me. You can call this leaving something. You can call it a legacy if you want. But I want you to remember this legacy is not about you. It's not about the person next to you. It's about Christ Jesus. And what He's done through people that had faith in Him. That's what this is about. We need to leave something to remember. If we're going to leave a faith to remember, like the faith we remember from the ones before us, Look at verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. We will have to hold fast to truth. In an ever-changing world, we need to hold tight to truth. Ephesians bears this out just a couple of pages over. In the book of Ephesians 4, Verse 14 through 15, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But look at this next verse. Paul tells us, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things, which is the head, even Christ. If we're going to leave something to remember, we've got to be people about speaking truth and holding tight to truth. We have to guard the gospel. Look at verse 15, 14 rather. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. I want to take a minute to talk about this word, uh, keep. It means to guard. Then there's another word It says, That good thing which was committed unto thee. Committed means deposited. And I don't know about you, but if I deposit something into the bank, I want them to take care of it. And how about y'all? Yeah, I want them to take care of it. But see, Paul wasn't talking about take care of it, never tell it with anybody. But he was talking about take care of it, keep it pure. And here it is. Christ died, He was buried, and He rose again. That's the gospel message. Keep it simple. It does not involve anything that you or I have done. The gospel message is all about Christ. We've got to keep it pure. You see, the reason 
they asked me to preach this message is because they wanted a short one. But listen, I want to end, and this as soon, absolutely as soon as the church voted to let me speak today, an illustration came to my mind. You know, some of you have seen it, on, maybe online, you've seen a video like this or something, where a dad grabs a bicycle, puts his kid on it, and he runs along with the bicycle, and there's a point that he lets go. The dad didn't let go to see his son fall. He let go to see him ride on his own. That's us. People have come before us. They've, they've shared their faith with us. They've given it to us. And, and they, they, we, it's in us. And they didn't do it just to see us fall. They did it so we could stand on our own in the world we live in. So I want you to remember the faith. But I don't want you just to remember it today at homecoming. I want you to remember it the rest of your life. The faith that came before you, the faith that's in you. And are you going to leave it for someone else to see? As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, that's what I want for each and every one of you. To remember the faith. Remember the faith.
Oh